I want to thank Mary Elva and Sarah for being here and for sharing such delightful stories and remembrances about how Jan has shaped your lives. She has shaped all of our lives here. Am I right? It's a wonderful opportunity for us to be able to look and to recognize how great it is to have people in our lives. Uh, it is not only the day where we are recognizing Jan in her long years of ministry, six of which she had shared with us here, but it is also Pentecost Sunday, which is the day where the church comes together and lives as the church. I, uh, we, Willow and I were talking before the service today, and we were you know, saying, oh, how, how's it feel? How are we doing? I might just cry. It is absolutely amazing to be here with each of you. And on this day of Pentecost, when we remember the day that the Holy Spirit came down and invigorated the people to be the life and the joy and the hope of Jesus Christ here on this earth. Friends, that's what we are called to do even in this moment. I am so excited that we get to be together. I'm particularly excited because for the last 14 months, I have been looking at that little light to talk to all of you. And so for those of you who are here joining us online, I want all of us, you'll see there's one right here, there's one right here, and then there's one over here. I want everyone to look at this one over here, and I want you to wave and say hello to everybody who is worshiping with us online. It has been so wonderful to be together. We are, technology is terrific, and it is even more wonderful to be here in person and see you in 3D. So, this uh, Pentecost Sunday, normally we do hear the scripture from Acts where we hear about how the Holy Spirit poured out on the people. We hear about how the church was invigorated to live its life in a dynamic way. There was all of these different languages being spoken and yet the same message being told. And so today, rather than revisiting this scripture passage that we know so well, we're going to look at a different scripture passage. It comes from Galatians 6, verses 9 and 10. It's short, so I invite you to listen along with me. This is Paul speaking to the church in Galatia, and this is what he says. So let us not grow weary in doing what is right, for we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. So then, whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all, and especially for those of the family of faith. My friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Join me as we pray. God, it is your Holy Spirit that we pray for. It is the very real presence of you that we are longing for. And so we ask that in this moment that you will fill this room from the ceiling to the, to the floor, that you will touch each corner. We pray that in the same way you will fill us from the bottom of the feet to the tops of our heads, that you will fill our hearts so that they are bursting with your good news, with your truth, with your love, and with your vision for who we are called to be as Jesus' hands and feet here on earth. So we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I love the words of this passage. Do not grow weary. Do not give up. These are the things that we say to one another in the precise moments 
where we fear that we have come to the end of our ability. I used to be a long-distance runner, and so I can tell you it would feel really out of place to tell a runner at the beginning of the race to not give up at the start when she's energized and she has all of the energy ahead of her. It only makes sense to tell her not to give up when she is red in the face, sweating and disheveled, muscles burning, gasping to keep her breath. That is the moment where we say, do not grow weary, do not give up. Because we know that even though that runner is faltering, that finish line is still ahead. Even if we can't see it, she will not have to be running forever. It's a similar context for Paul when he's writing these words to the church in Galatia today. He, is, he sees that the people in Galatia, they are fatigued. They are red in the face, they are faltering, they are breathing hard with their muscles aching, and they are slowing down because the finish line is not in their sight. And so Paul encourages them in our passage for today with those very words, stick together, he says, but stay focused on running that race. Do not grow weary, do not give up, the finish line is still ahead. I think about this a lot particularly as we in San Marino Community Church have been navigating this season at a social distance, particularly as we have been maneuvering through all of the ups and downs of this pandemic. Sometimes we feel red in the face. I know I have. Sometimes I felt like we might be faltering. But we still hear these words of Paul to all of us. Do not grow weary. Do not give up. A couple of summers ago, my grandmother-in-law, she passed away at 100 years old. Her name was Mildred. Her husband, Ray, had died suddenly 15 years prior. And no one had ever imagined that Mildred was going to outlive Ray. But Mildred was the kind of woman who knew what it meant to not give up. In 1947, Mildred and Ray went to China they studied Chinese for two full years in preparation of serving as missionaries there. But then Chiang Kai-shek came into power and established the communist regime, and Mildred and Ray fled, pushing a wheelbarrow full of quickly devaluing cash so that they could pay for a boat out and go to Japan. At one point in time, she liked to tell the story of how they hid under the bridges while the communists were marching in, forcing those who were foreign to go home. Once Mildred and Ray were in Japan, they started all over again. They studied Japanese for two years before serving as missionaries for what would be 40 years on the day of their retirement. And while in Japan, Mildred gave birth to her four children, the oldest of which is my father-in-law. Mildred once told me that about this time when she had to travel home to England from Japan. She had to take all of her four children with her, under, all of them being under the age of 10. Mildred did not have the financial resources to make that trip home, but it didn't stop her from boarding the train that would take her and all of her young children to England through Soviet Europe. 
she, she boarded that train trusting that God was going to provide. And God did provide through the help of strangers, through the forgetfulness and carelessness of conductors, through the miraculous glimpses that she had of God's presence in the times where she really needed it most. Mildred made it safely to England with all of her children by her side because she refused to let her faith grow weary. Mildred refused to give up. When my husband Andy took our two children to Mildred's funeral in 2019, he decided to take them to visit his last living grandparent, his grandmother on his mother's side. Her name is Grace. Grace is the same age as the queen. She's going to be 95 years old at the end of this year. And while staying at Grace's house, she showed our children some of the items from her lifetime sifting gently through relics of a past that had given her four children of her own and had very recently taken away her husband. Grace handed our children a small yellowed booklet. It was a ration book dated 1948. Though the war had ended in 1945 and Though that war ending caused the vast majority of rationing to end here in the United States, rations in England continued on for nine more years following the end of that war, ending in 1954. It's really striking for me to imagine what grace must have felt like for those nine years after the war. A war that England had entered in 1939 that had brought incredible loss of life and destruction to their country that they had persisted through by sheer grit and by praying fervently every day. And then, all of a sudden, the day comes where the war does end, where the fighting is done, where things can finally return back to normal. And yet normal did not come. The war was done, but the consequences of the war were still there. In 1951, six years after the war had ended, Grace brought home her firstborn child from the hospital, my mother-in-law, and would go on for three more years to feed her growing family, all of whom were now born in a new decade, with rations allowed to her from that ration book. Grace knew what it meant to not grow weary. Grace does not know what it means to give up. I think a lot about Mildred and Grace, particularly as we begin to emerge from this pandemic Like Grace during World War II, we have prayed and prayed for this pandemic to end. Like Grace following the victory of the Allied forces, the success of these vaccines has us eager and expectant that our world is soon going to return to normal. And like Grace who, after surviving the war, cradled her newborn child in one hand and held a ration book in the other, We as a society and we as a church are going to be faced with the aftermath of this pandemic for longer than we 
are prepared for. Which means that, like Mildred, we are called to board that train home with a faith that will not grow weary. Like Mildred and like Grace, we are called to persist well past the point that people believe that we can go. We as a church are called to persist well past the point that we think we can go. I love the way Eugene Peterson phrases our scripture passage for today in the message. He says it like this. Starting at verse 1, he says, Live creatively, friends. Stoop down and reach out to those who are crushed. Share their burdens and so complete Christ's law. Make careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given and then sink yourself into that work. Don't be impressed with yourself. Let's not not allow ourselves to get fatigued of doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up and if we don't quit. So right now, every time we get a chance, let's work for the benefit of all, starting with the people who are closest to us in our community of faith. For the last three years, Jan Cook has quite literally been one of the closest people to me in this community of faith. I can send her an email from my office and then hear it ping in her office through the door, the the wall that we share. And she very quite literally sets the temperature for my workday every single morning, (laughs) often much hotter than I would set for myself. And so I have seen how Jan does ministry. I have had an adjacent seat to her commitment to living her life creatively. I have watched her make careful exploration of who she is, even in the moments where it has been painful. And I have seen her work for the benefit and for the good of all, both within this congregation and also within the presbytery that we serve. Though we are recognizing Jan's faithfulness in ministry for 43 years, it would really be a mistake for us to believe that Jan's retirement is somehow the same as her quitting. Jan is not quitting her ministry any more than a runner who has already crossed the finish line has quit the race. Though Jan has faced good reasons for her to grow weary throughout her ministry, she also does not give up. And it's an honor to witness her standing today at this particular finish line in this particular race. Because just as the runner who stands at the finish line of their race is still seen as a runner fully capable of running many more races ahead, so Jan still stands at this finish line, still a Christian, still a minister in Christ, capable and expectant of the many more ways that she will serve through offering her ongoing gifts and skills in ministry. So today, my friends, this Pentecost Sunday, we celebrate the birth of the church in the world, and Paul's words speak to us just as they spoke to that early church in Galatia, just as they speak to, spoke to Mildred, just as they spoke to Grace, and just as they have spoken to Jan. 
we as San Marino Community Church are called to not grow weary and to not give up. In our own country and in our own area, we are witnessing the victory of the war against this pandemic. Our lives are slowly returning back to normal. But we might still find that we are being issued new ration books at times. Like the runner who longs to see the finish line. Like Mildred who knows that she must get home at all costs. Like Jan, who stands victorious today on the finish line of this particular season in her life, we too must not let our faith grow weary. We too must not give up. Because there is no ration on our hope. There is no ration on our love. There is no ration on our faith. So if you maybe feel like you are in a season where you are red in the face, where your muscles are burning, where you are struggling to catch your breath, if you feel like you know the finish line is there, but you just can't quite see it yet, then I want to remind us of those words of Paul. Friends, let us not grow weary in doing what is right because we will reap at harvest time only if we do not give up right now every time we get the chance let us work for the benefit of all starting with the people who are closest to us in this community and thank god we actually get to be close to one another today